0: And we're here with Jaron Davis of Jaron Davis and Kindred Souls. What an honor to have you here on the program today. Thank you, Andrew. It's an honor and a joy to get to be here and get to talk to you again. It's an honor to have you. So tell us a little bit about when gospel music came into the picture for you. Gospel music came into the picture for me probably uh, about the day I hit the planet i uh i am a pastor son my mother played piano and sang my dad played guitar and sang and um so as early as three and four and five years old i was um uh actually singing with my parents and um Getting, uh, they would stand me on a chair behind the pulpit, and that was back in the day when they had one microphone, big silver microphone mounted on the pulpit, <laughs> and I would stand behind the pulpit on a chair, and Mom would stand on one side, and Dad would stand on the other, and uh, he would play guitar, and we would sing. That was in the that was long before there were soundtracks to sing with. So what inspired you to become a songwriter? Well, as a teenager, um, you know, all all my life I listened to my mom and dad loved music. So we always had um, the Rambo's music. We had the Goodman's music. And uh, then we had, um, you know, Bill Gaither music and Lanny Wolf trio music and uh, so many so many different artists, you know, that, that I grew up listening to, and um, but I loved the way that um, Dottie would write, and then later, you know, the contemporary Christian music when I was in high school, Andre Crouch and uh, Dallas Home and Reba, all of those people had such an influence on me, and they, one of the big things that I loved was the songs they wrote and the way they said things, and so as a teenager I started um, I started playing the piano when I was 5 and by the time I was you know 10 or 11 I was playing for large events and camp meetings and that kind of thing and um so I uh I started writing songs and when I was in high school my brother and I had a uh, group some several guys in the church uh, that loved to sing and play music and we had more guys in our church than girls so we uh we started a group and we started singing and you know we felt like we were using our gifts for the Lord plus girls would come you know so that was that we were killing two birds with one stone there but um I started writing songs and and you know some of them were probably not really great um but some of them you know, had something to say, and I would look at the songs of Dottie Rambo and Gloria Gaither, Bill Gaither, and, and those kind of people, and Lanny Wolf, and study how they said things, and um, and really would try to write and rewrite until I got something that made sense. And, of course, uh, everybody around me, uh, including my mother, thought, you know, the songs were great. And so, you know, we had a way to... to, to kind of get the songs out there and then our group came to Nashville and went to the Oak Ridge Boys studio and over on Rockland Road in Hendersonville and did a recording and so we had um, a, a record to sell at our events and we, you know, had a way to start getting our music out there and we started singing at youth camps and revivals and any place they would let us sing really And um, and it just Became a passion of mine and, uh, and I just kept trying to get better and better and better. But, you know, thankfully I had some really high bars, uh, as examples in my life in the persons of Bill and Gloria and Dottie Rambo and Lanny Wolf and those people who, uh, were phenomenal writers. And, um, I kind of went to university at, uh, by listening to their records. So who would you say has been some of your influences who have helped you along the way in your songwriting career? Um, well, Lanny Wolf when I was uh when when I graduated high school I went to um college in Jackson, Mississippi where Lanny Wolf was the dean of music and um so I got to study a year there. Uh it's also where I met my wife uh, who is also a song incredible songwriter and singer and um uh, so that was a big influence during that time. I got to meet bill Gaither and um and later on, uh, I met Mark Lowry before he was with the vocal band and when he went with the vocal band, he called me and said, you played me a song at Estes Park?" Um, that you had written has anybody recorded that i said no and uh he said that um he was with the Gator vocal band and they were looking for a song and would i send it and i did and lo and behold um they recorded it it was a song called unbelievable friend and uh, they are um, now bill and glory are now great friends of mine and and uh, they came to my church in Louisiana um, and he heard my choir sing and said we want to sign that he heard us sing uh, the song that I had written send it on down and um, the vocal band ultimately recorded that but he wanted to put our choir music on his label and and put it into print and so it was a it was a neat uh, thing with Lanny and uh, Bill and Gloria, and then I got to meet Reba Rambo, and I got to meet Dottie, and um, they helped me. A man named Randy Cox had signed, uh, had started a company, a, a gospel division of uh, Tree International, which is now Sony Tree. And uh, Linda Hilliard, my friend here in Nashville, that's on staff at Christ Church, had heard. Um, Holy Ground, which I had written uh, as a teenager, and wanted to know if she could try to get it published. And uh, I said, sure. So she w- took it to him, and they called me up and signed me and Gary Chapman and Michael W. Smith all the same week. So it was a it was a pretty um, incredible thing for me as a young guy. I was you know twenty one. Um, and to have my music signed that early by such an incredible company, uh, and to have you know somebody working on my behalf was a was a real big um a real big positive um boost to my songwriting career and my uh passion for trying to say something to um Speak into the lives of people and try to use my gifts for the Lord. And so, uh, I, boy, it would, if I started making a list of everybody that influenced me along the way, there would be a lot of people and, and that helped me along the way. But those are some of the top people that had a major influence on me, um, and, and had, and lended a hand into, uh, getting my music in different places. So what inspires you to write a song? You know what, Andrew? Everything. It's the craziest thing because um, uh, I, you know, I, my dad asked me to write a song on Saturday, uh, six weeks out for the first service in a new sanctuary we were building over in Savannah, Tennessee. And uh, I put it off until Saturday night, the night before the first service in the new building. <laughs> And at midnight, I sat down at the grand piano and thought, what do we want to say when we come into this brand-new sanctuary? And um, it was – I knew it was going to be our first time there, our first time to worship in that place. We had worked hard. uh, Everybody had sacrificed to make it a really nice facility. And um, But I knew it was only brick and mortar and uh, carpet and electronics without him there and so you know in about 20 minutes i wrote we are standing on holy ground i i I sometimes a need is an inspiration for me i was writing a song for an old quartet in my church down in louisiana the senior pastor's wife he was retired uh, their son was now pastor and uh and the pastor's mother um She and three other people, uh, a a lady uh, named Ruby McKellar and uh, Charlie Caruth and Ken Brady, they had what we call the old-timers quartet. And, um, bro, they couldn't remember nothing. They couldn't remember. um, You could give them a song, and if it had any amount of words in it at all, they would get lost. Every year at Christmas, we had a huge concert, and we would have the governor and the senators, and we were a large church. So everybody came um, to our Christmas concert, and I had all the different groups in the church. I would get them all a song. And I, for three years, I tried to give them a new song, and they would finally go, Jaron, we just can't learn a new one. Uh, let's just do Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. And so on this particular year, I thought to myself, I don't know what y'all are going to sing, but I know what you're not going to sing. We are not doing Beautiful Star of Bethlehem one more time and make all these guests who come think we don't learn new music. And so I thought, how can I write them a simple, simple song that even they can remember? So I sat down at the piano and wrote them a song. They loved it. About a week later, I get a call from Kelly Nealon, and she goes, Jaron, we're, we're getting ready to do a new project, and we really need some songs. Do you have anything? And I said, um, I, I do. I'll send you some stuff. I sent them four songs. They recorded three of them. One of them that I just at the last minute decided to send was this one I had just written for this group in my church. And I thought, well, it's simple, but maybe they'll, you know, I don't know. They may like it or not. They don't. They don't have to do it. It was one of the songs they recorded. They did their album. It came out. Several months later, a radio station started playing this song on their record. Other radio stations started picking it up. It wasn't their single, but other radio stations started picking it up, and before you knew it, It was on the singing news. It went to number one in the nation. I got the plaque and everything um, that showed it being the number one song in the nation. The song was, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. And it was written to meet the need of a group in my church that needed something really, really simple. But it wound up being something that God used through the Neelands to reach thousands and thousands of people. So I never um, really understand where all the songs are going to come from. Sometimes I'm listening to a message and hear something that's an inspiration. Sometimes I hear a statement somebody says. I see a bumper sticker or sign. Sometimes I'm reading my Bible and see something that just a concept that just grabs me. Uh, Sometimes I hear a melody and I just start working on the melody and then I you know, have to ask for lyrics to, to match the melody. But um, it, it's a variety of places. But to anybody who is uh, aspiring to be a songwriter, I would encourage you to look everywhere. Look for things. When you're reading uh, books, when you're reading – Max Lucado is a huge influence for me. He, his writings are just incredible. Um, and I encourage you to do two things. Uh, keep a highlighter handy. And um, and highlight things. I and mean, then keep your phone handy. When I see something that grabs me, I have a section uh, in the notes of my phone that I go to and I store all of these things. I also have a recorder on my phone. And I'll press record and start singing into it and then label it, you know, as a song idea and, and you know, put something that will remind me what it is. But with uh, with all the technology today, it's easier to keep those things um Mild, but uh, I, I, I encourage everybody to just look everywhere and, and be open and aware of everything on, on an ongoing basis because sometimes the greatest ideas can come in the most surprising ways. So many may or may not know that you've written one of the greatest songs, I believe. It's called I'm Going to Make It, which has really helped me through the struggles of life. Tell us a little bit about how that song came about. Andrew, it's pretty interesting. I wrote that song 10 years before um, Sisters did it. And normally I write songs and we put them out and people hear them and sing them and different artists do them. But um, this is one I didn't. I didn't put it out. I didn't uh, really do anything with it. Um, uh, I did it with my choir. But that was... <clears throat> and that was about it, and and um, then the sisters called me. I had found it, and they called and said, "We're doing a project. Uh, can you send us? Do you have anything?" So I sent them that, and they recorded it. And nothing really happened with it on their record. And then they went to do a video with Mark Lowry in a, a at a studio, a video studio here in Nashville, and they just sat on stools and sang the song, and somehow um, it started striking a chord with people. And I I say, people have have asked me before, you know, wonder why you didn't do something with that before. Surely you knew it was good. I, I said, you know what? I believe everything the steps of the righteous Bible says are ordered of the Lord. I believe God knew that when it came out, the world would be in such a shape And we would be in such a place that we would need that song more a decade after I wrote it than we would have when I wrote it. And, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and then millions of people uh, started listening to it and responding to it. Uh, One of the cool things, Andrew, for me was I had pastors and friends who, because they heard sisters do it, didn't realize I wrote it. And they would tell me, boy, I'll tell you what, last year's one of the toughest years I've ever had. But there is a song that got me through something that, like nothing I've had in a long time, bless me. The song I'm going to make it, have you heard it? And I would smile and say, yeah, yeah, I wrote it. And they would be like, no way. Uh, it happened in North Carolina. I was at Wesley Pritchard Church, <laughs> and we were singing, and uh we were on stage, and Wesley walked over to me and said, you're going to love this. And Wesley wears a lapel mic that is attached to an earpiece on his media people and audio people up in the crow's nest where they run all the stuff, and he can turn around um with his back kind of the audience and and talk in his lapel mic and say da-da-da-da-da throw him a curveball and they get everything ready so he he said it and he said this girl you know her family member died and she wasn't able to be here for rehearsals this week but she's back from the funeral of her I think it was her grandfather and um she's in the audience today because she wasn't able to rehearse with us because of being at the funeral and but I want her to come up here and sing a song. I think this song is for somebody. And they started singing it and they had gotten, you know, Wesley and, and uh Heather and all the girls and sisters are are friends and um he had gotten their track and they this girl started singing it and Wesley's daughter looks over at me and goes, Isn't that beautiful? And I said, Beautiful and I mean she had tears and you know, dabbing her the corners of her eyes so uh, she wouldn't her makeup wouldn't. She said, "Isn't that beautiful?" I said, "Beautiful." I was talking. I was talking about the girl singing. The girl was a fantastic singer, and uh, and then it gets to the chorus, and she looks over at me and says, "Oh, don't you love that?" I said, "Incredible." And she says, "Have you heard this song before?" And I said, "I wrote it." And she the the tears went away instantly. She got this drop dead look on her face and says Shut up and I said I did. She marches across now this poor girl is still standing there trying to sing, Andrew and the crowd is, you know, in the moment and worshiping and being moved by this girl. She marches across the stage, taps her daddy on the arm and says, He wrote it. Wesley looks across the stage and goes, Huh? Uh, and i go yeah i did so at the end of the song he goes i did that song i wanted jaron and becky to hear it come to find out he wrote it and of course everybody clapped but that is maybe one of the highest compliments i've ever had to have people who didn't know i write wrote a song to tell me that it blessed them it got them through something It, it was an encouragement and a strength to them i had that from that song more than any other song because another artist released it before i did and that that was a um that was a an extra you know shot in the arm for for me as a writer to know that something i did was a blessing not only to the world not only to people, a lot of people, but to people that I love that are, that are close to me and friends of mine. So to hear you say that, Andrew, just means more than you can imagine, and I appreciate you saying that. So many may or may not know that you also have a group, Jaron Davis and Kindred Souls. Tell us a little bit about how that group came about. Well, Kindred Souls is my wife, Becky, my little sister, Allison, and her husband, Shelton. Allison and Shelton um, have been worship pastors since they got married. Um, They met at the same college that me and Becky did. And uh, I've known Shelton uh, almost all of his life. We went to youth camp together when we were kids and um, grew up in a lot of the same circles. So um, it was funny. Uh, He knew me, but he didn't know my sister. We lived, you know, several hours apart. So he would see me at youth camp but my sister was eight years younger than me. So he didn't know her. Um, And um, he was four years younger than me. So we were closer in age. And um, at college, he saw this girl walk out and he told one of his friends that I'm going to marry that girl right there. And, um, and never realizing that it was my sister and, and, you know, we'd been friends, but he, he didn't know who she was. So they, um, they started singing with us when we started doing things for Integrity Music, and we would have them come in and sing with us. And then they started, have, we started having them do some events with us, and then do some recordings with us. And it just grew into a thing where, uh, you know, when I wrote Holy Ground at 19, um, which incidentally Holy Ground this year uh, turns 40, and uh, so this is a big year for us. We'll be performing Holy Ground, Kindred Souls will be doing a concert uh, in the month of April at uh, Carnegie Hall in uh, New York City, so we're real excited about that. But um, we, uh, uh, when I wrote Holy Ground, my brother was 17 and my sister Allison was 11, and uh, they were both great singers. She was a great singer even at, at an early age. Of course, you know how people like all of us who grow up in it. We all start singing harmony by the time we're five or six. So, uh, she was a great little singer. So, for her to come sing with me was just second nature. And, um, so they started singing with us and they, they, uh, lived in Nashville for 10 years and then they moved to Pensacola, Florida. Continued to go out some with us, but took a job at a church as a worship pastor in Pensacola. Um, when their daughter got in high school, they really wanted to get her rooted and grounded in um, in a good church, and and she did. And met a guy there in the church on staff, and they got married. So now they're on staff at a church in Louisiana. Shelton and Allison uh, have been back in Nashville now two years, and are traveling full time with us again. So it's a it's a joy to have people that um, you know not only that you love, but that you like, and and uh, we are we are best of friends and have a great time on the road and are getting ready to leave town um, we're all uh, headed now to um, Mobile, Alabama for we'll do a choir workshop on uh, tomorrow with um, with all the worship team at a at a church down there a great church and then we'll um, sing on Sunday morning and then do a night of worship concert with the choir and the orchestra on uh, Sunday night so that's, uh, that's what we do on a real regular basis and we love it. So, any new projects in the making? Yes, we, uh, we have a new project, um, out that's, uh, fairly new. It came out last year called Playlist. And Playlist is, um, is, uh, some of our most requested, um, songs through the years it's sort of a best job we've never done one of those and uh, I'm going to make it on there um, we just celebrated last year the 30th anniversary of in the presence of Jehovah which is one of the first songs my wife and I wrote together uh, we did a 30th anniversary recording of that a brand new recording it's on it's on there um, um, mercy saw me which is one of our uh, most requested songs is on there holy grounds on there so there's a lot of material on there and then we have a brand new choir project that is releasing through lifeway um this week um called uh that we did at first assembly in fort myers florida with their choir and uh it's called taste of heaven that's a live project we sing on there the choir is incredible we had some friends join us, Teranda Green sings on there, um, Evie uh, Tarnquist, uh, everybody remembers little Evie, she sings on there with us, Larry Ford, uh, Angie Prim. so it's a it's a fun, fun project for um, a choir, just worship music and, and fun uh, music to sing with a group or with your choir in church, so that comes out this week, and then we're getting ready to start a new, um, a new album of worship songs that'll come out later this year. So, we're always doing something, man. So, to close out this interview, tell us how we can find out more about Jaron Davis and Kindred Souls or your songwriting ministry. You can um, you can go to uh, jarondavismusic.com, dot com, and that's Jaron spelled with a G, G E R O N D A V I S music.com or you can go to um follow us on facebook jaron davis and kindred souls or instagram um, jaron davis uh, on instagram and keep up with us and uh and then my brother-in-law shelton lovern s-h-e-l-t-o-n-l-o-v-e-r-n um he posts a lot of stuff for kindred souls and and for what we're doing with Jaron Davis music, and so uh, by following all of that on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, you can um, you can find out. And you know, Andrew, I would love to encourage people <clears throat> to, um, if they go to Facebook or uh, any of those um, forums, the social media, and send if there's a song that has touched them, a song that's been a part of their life. We are in the process of writing a book about um, the songs that have, um, you know, God has has birthed through us. Uh, with Holy Ground being forty, and and in the presence of Ho- of Jehovah being thirty, um, and and with so many songs, you know, Holy of Holies, different songs that have won awards and been iconic in in, in different areas of Christian music. It's a uh, We're wanting to compile the stories of how these songs have touched people in different ways. You know, if it was a part of your life in a special moment or, you know, if if, if there's a, a, I had a, a guy call me and his dad sang Holy Ground in church. And this is a really sad story to me. He sang Holy Ground and walked down and sat down on the pew and fell over and died. And wow. a heart attack. And so they had us come to their church and sing Holy Ground on the one year anniversary of that. And I thought, you know, I don't know if that'll be encouraging or <laughs> or sad, you know. But he told me, he said, it was just a reminder to us that when he left here, he stepped into the place he had just sung about, Holy Ground. And I was like, wow, what a way to look at it. So, any of those kind of stories that people have, we would love to hear from them and, um, and, and love to include that in, in some of the stuff that we're doing, uh, this year. And, you know, it's a, it's a great joy to get to, right here in the first part of the year of this 40th anniversary of Holy Grand, it's a great joy to get to spend this time with you and talk about what, god has done through us in the past and what he's doing now and what we're praying and believing for in the future I, I really do appreciate you having me on here andrew and uh it's been always a joy to talk to you my friend well thank you so much buddy and you're welcome on here anytime. time thank you andrew god bless you i hope you have a uh great rest of your day and um and i look forward to talking to you again soon yes sir you too bye-bye Love